0: you okay. Podcast. We are your hosts, Jessica Singh, and I am Chris Eaton. Oh, Jessica. Oh, how are you this week?
1: I'm okay. okay. I am good. You sounded. You sound accept- like you. sounded like you were going to lead into something. Oh, I am leading into <laughs> something. but <laughs> I,
0: I much much like you know when you um when you're you're going to take a step and you think that there's another step, but you just come down on the same <laughs> surface. It's more freakier than actually missing a step coming down the stairs, you, know, you, you fall and you're like, you know, head over ass and eat crap. For some reason, that step that you know, it's almost like a, mind, a physical mind fart when you just come down. You're just like, ah, I had that moment right there. So, but no, I, I, you know, it, there is there's a bit of electricity in the air as we are t-minus I think 72 hours away from the release of Legendary's Godzilla.
1: Yes, as we're as we're recording this right now, we are 72 hours away.
0: Oh, that's uh, I got my 7 p.m. IMAX tickets ready to go. So, get my get myself that poster.
1: Yes, 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 yes and I'm assuming you mean
0: Thursday. Yes. Okay. Seeing in true IMAX, okay, not yes. not not that phony, you know, faux IMAX that they've been putting up everywhere. I'm going to the big. Eight and a half story screen with the sound system that that makes the sound the speakers in uh, Doc Brown's garage look like you know tea kettles next to it.
1: Oh my goodness! Oh my. Wait, which one? As we're about to get kind of stalker here, um, which theater did you buy your tickets for?
0: I bought it for the Ontario one because I work up that direction, so it's just it was much easier and closer for me. Uh, not only that, oh, but my, uh, okay. my cohorts over at the Realmcast live up in the area, too. So we're all going that night uh, You know, to, to have the big hurrah. And then uh, Saturday night, I'm taking my father to go see it. And I think we might hit the D-Box for that one because he's never done D-Box before.
1: Oh, okay. I ask because I will be heading Mm -hmm. toward the direction of where Chris will be. I'm in Los Angeles. Chris is in Orange County. Mm -hmm. Um, As for D-Box, there was one in Thousand Oaks and one in Anaheim. I don't know if the Man's Chinese Theater one exists anymore. I don't think so. I went to that one years ago. I think they did, but I'm going to the Thursday showing of D-Box for Godzilla at the Anaheim Ultralux.
0: Oh, I love that theater. Um,
1: Yes, and I know that Chris knows, but... You no, know, not not to get too specific, May is my my birthday is somewhere settled in the month of May. Mm-hmm. So this was a gift uh from a friend who was like, I, I know I know this is what you want more than anything. <laughs> so, you know, there's this and then there was Guardians of the Galaxy but that hasn't you know, hasn't come out yet. So
0: got a few more definitely
1: months for that. gonna be, uh, Yeah, we have a few more months for that. But okay. definitely, you know, Godzilla. So there was that and so I, I am very very looking forward to Thursday night. You'll be seeing it, I think, a couple hours before I'll be seeing
0: it. Oh, you guys going to so, like, a late show?
1: Um, yeah, it will be interesting.
0: Yeah, that's a really nice theater. That Garden Walk. It will it's be
1: very really... interesting.
0: Yes, <laughs> that that one's right across from Disneyland. Um, but yeah, it's a super nice theater. It was actually like it was supposed to be like a real swank theater when it first opened. Like it was supposed to be the um, Orange County version of like what the ArcLight wanted it to be. And then, like, because it opened right before the economy, you know, hit the tank, so they had to sell and kind of restructure a bit. So, But it's it's still a really nice theater, though. It's the only place in Orange County you can get D-Box, so I, I've seen many a Fast and Furious movie at that place. Let's just say that. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, yeah. No, there's nothing better than seeing those movies in D-Box. It is a whole nother world. It's like, uh, it's, 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 uh, okay, uh, what, what's a good comparison? It's like, okay, uh, you know, Fast and Furious is like a good like, you know, piece of uh good it's like a good piece of pie. But uh, with uh with D box, it's like pie. Like hot pie with a big chunk of ice cream on top. It just adds that much that, that much more to it. It makes it more that much more epic.
1: It is, it is, but warning to the wives for those that are possibly expecting you have been drinking or you just get motion sickness, <laughs> do not take those seats.
0: Oh no. Me but-
1: and Chris Chris and I and the D box company, we don't want to be responsible for any of your mishaps. So be careful. Also they give you a paper yeah, they that do. actually says that if you're if you're pregnant or you're you're you been drinking, mm-hmm. you should not be writing in those seats. However, I do know that in order for families to stick together, you can there's there's four levels. Mm-hmm. So it's like no no movement. Mm-hmm. So you can just sit next to your son or whatever and not move around. There's minimum, medium, and then maximum, of course, you know, nothing less than maximum. Yeah. So if you're gonna pay that much money, I better be I better be on a back to the future ride, you know, Universal yeah. Studio style.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You're you're looking at like an extra eight dollars on your ticket, you know, just right there for the three D and the D box, so Yes. Well, let's let's move away from D boxes and IMAXs. And let's move into. Uh, I want. I want to touch on something we talked about in the last episode. Um, the Godzilla vs. Biolani showing at uh, in uh, Little Tokyo was about a week and a half ago from when when while from the day we're recording this. So we've had some time to kind of sit on it. I did not get to go to the Biolani showing because. I had to do free comic book day stuff. I know you were out scouring the Southland for free comic books. Did you end up getting everything you wanted?
1: Um. Yes, I actually got every single comic on the list.
0: Holy moly. Um,
1: yeah, so I got all like 60-something titles or wow. 60-something titles.
0: Good. How many swords so, did you hit up? I
1: only hit up two. Really? Yeah, I hit up two. The trick is bringing <laughs> friends who don't give a crap about comics and then... And then, you know, hopefully Mm -hmm. buy them McDonald's breakfast.
0: Yeah, pay them off. And
1: then that, you know, because, you know, there's a limit. And Mm -hmm. we understand because retailers have to pay out of their own pocket for these free comics to give out. So if a store is like every person only gets 10, Mm -hmm. you bring every grandparent you have that's still there, Mm -hmm. every parent you have, step parent, brother, sister, board friend, and each one of them can take 10 for you. And then you take your 10. So I spend a lot of my time delegating. (laughs) <laughs> However, I do want to say for those who don't know, that was one of the hottest Saturday mornings. Why had to wait in line outside <laughs> for comics? But I want to say I was for the first tour I was like a third person in line. Mm-hmm. The only the only reason why I didn't shove myself to the front was because there were children waiting, and I will not, I will not you have moral, stand in the you way. You have of children in their. Yeah. And um, the other one, though, was a much more popular store, and they had a much, much a longer line. Mm-hmm. And so I was actually in direct sunlight, so my odd half-tan <laughs> will be for the love of comics. But that weekend was crazy, because Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then there was Free Comic Book Day. Then there was Godzilla things everywhere, you know, in various states and theaters, mm-hmm. you know, because the... Legendaries, uh, you know, Godzilla's coming out this week, and then Sunday was May the Mm Fourth, you know, Star Star Wars Wars Day. Yeah. And then for those who are in certain parts of the United States, Monday was Cinco de Mayo. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, Revenge of the Fifth. Mm -hmm. And the next day, I still call it Return of the Sixth. So you have (laughs) you have you know you have everything. You have three days of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. You have free comics. You had Amazing Spider-Man. You had Godzilla. So that weekend, Chris and I were, were busy, busy, but I man- I managed to go to the Friday night press conference that they had mm-hmm. for Godzilla vs. Violante. And uh, it was really, really fun. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of, there was a good number of press there. I kind of wish that there was a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that Anime Jungle, we might have more of a heads up next year, but we had uh, Kawakita-san was there and uh, Iwasaki-san. Mm-hmm. And, You know, Iwasaki was there to show us a miniatures demonstration, and it was really, really amazing because he kind of, it takes him 10 days to build these little miniature models, but if his assistant accidentally drops a rock through it, then, and they didn't film it,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that basically they only have one shot to get everything right. It's hard to rebuild, but he basically showed how when you throw a rock through, 10 seconds can be slowed down to look like a building was being destroyed. And it was really, really amazing. And then after that, we got to, we moved into the JACCC, which is like the Japanese American Cultural Center.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And basically when we're there, they kind of sat there along with uh, Tetsu, who's the owner of Anime Jungle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You have both of the gentlemen that were related to the film. Then you have the president of JACCC. And then you also had, um, the, the gentleman that started the 1990s, I, I believe it was 1996, but it was like a Godzilla kind of mini film festival mm-hmm. that they kind of had in Little Tokyo and Los Angeles and all of them were there. And we all got to kind of ask our questions and, you know, kind of pick their brains and see how they, f- you know, feel about the new Godzilla coming out and also about miniatures and, you know, the difference between American marketing For a kaiju film versus international marketing of a kaiju film, Uh, you know Kawakita-san was actually saying how Mothra Godzilla versus Mothra generated a lot of female fans, Mm
2: -hmm. not
1: only because of the music, music you know songs, but also because Mothra is this not a butterfly, it's a moth, Mm -hmm. but you know it's a beautiful creature, and you know you know women tend to the female folk tend to like it and he's like, you know, that film actually generates the most buzz among women. Yeah, And I felt that was really interesting, at least from my standpoint. And then, um and then they talked about many, many other things and that they are, they are excited to see how legendary, you know, treats Godzilla for this film. They also explained that he was large. They were like, all oh, the Americans make him so big. And I was like, yeah, he is, he is really tall for this one. Um, and it was really, really interesting. I'm hoping that they will do... I'm hoping Anime Jungle, JACCC, sponsors this into something that is yearly okay. here in Little Tokyo and Los Angeles.
0: because yeah, because um, the um, American Cinematheque, actually, for I, for a couple of years, they were doing like a uh, yearly Godzilla showing. Um, it was mostly during the run of the Millennia series. They would actually uh, hold like the U.S. premieres like out here. So I mm-hmm. saw every film, every 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 one of the Millennium films except for Cross Mecha Godzilla at that theater, mm-hmm. and they had the director for Tokyo SOS out there one time too. So I got him to sign my DVD. I, I, I don't have his name in front of me at the moment, and I probably would just butcher the hell out of it. But yeah, that's um that yeah. So that's that's something I was hoping they would uh, bring back. I I I know that um. This last couple of days, right now the Arclight's running their showing of um, the original Godzilla and the uh, New Beverly ran King Kong vs. Godzilla, which actually the um, cinematech used to run all the time, too. I saw a lot of good films. Right. Like they actually right. they actually ran a, a rare print, like a rare 35mm print of Raids Again with King Kong vs. Godzilla. And the, the thing was, I, I forgot who was the, I think it might have been Steve Rifell that um, moderated that one. I just remember him talking, and everyone around me just was, like, scratching their heads at the references he was making. And as I'm walking out, some guy's like, what the heck is a gargantua? I'm like, wait, what? I I actually had to stop. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, you don't know what War the Gargantua is? He's like, no. I'm like, okay, do yourself a favor. Go to a video store. This is, like, 2004, 2003. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's out there at this point. Just go check, like, some hole-in-the-wall store. I'm pretty sure they ha- rent it, and you will – you will, your eyes will open up to a whole new world. He's just like, can you just give me the gist? I'm like, it's two big Sasquatches fighting, and it's awesome. It's like, oh, okay. Yes,
1: two different color Sasquatches to, yes. to not have children be confused, mm-hmm. by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Stephen yeah, rifle he was also there for the press conference and stuff. And he actually came in. Mark Jeremiah mm-hmm. uh, talked about God of Clay, because mm-hmm. there was a special screening of God of Clay also um, on they... the same day at Anime Jungle.
0: Yeah. Did they show it at the press conference, too?
1: Uh, no, they did not. That okay. was actually for Saturday, which I, I had missed because I was doing all kinds of things and running around. It's free comic book day, and, mm-hmm. and it was hot as Hot as hot as a rotisserie chicken hmm. in Los Angeles. I don't know. It was like 98 degrees. Yeah. High heat though.
0: Yeah, but, It's get, it's getting even hot. I was in a warehouse most of the morning. I was, I was. We were doing the free comic book day uh, thing at uh, Frankenstein's Collectible Show. Like we were actually giving them out. So, yeah. Try sitting in a warehouse just stewing in your own juices all morning as people are like swarming you for free books. Like what do you got? I'm like, you got to come back. We're doing raffles and stuff. Like, ah. So, yeah. And I'm a man of of Girth and size, so I sweat profusely even in you know a freezer. So <laughs> it, it was it was somewhat unsightly. It's just I, I look like I've been I've been like just doing you know rails of coke all day, and I've just had this nervous look on my face. Uh, but my buddy was just like, "Dude, you're right." I'm like, "Just it's just warm. I'm a fat guy. I don't do well in the heat. That's all." So that's why you know the beauty was that night was, like, perfect. It was, like, 75 degrees out. And, like, you could take a stroll. You would never know. you Like, you were roasting, like, four hours earlier.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, even at night, mm-hmm. you guys. Like, I was walking around with... I got really scared because I don't want to leave fingerprints and, like, perspire to, through my comics. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, carrying them gingerly. <laughs> and even at night, you feel... It's like the dark sun was out. Yeah. It looks like it's <laughs> night, but it feels like it's daytime.
0: Yeah, it, we're getting that way. So... So, summer's encroaching upon Southern California. If you don't live in the area, it gets it gets rather maddening. So, we, yeah, we are in the desert after all. So, so oh you, yeah. So you got to hit. So you hit the press conference. So you got to see pretty much a pre-show of everything they did for Saturday.
1: Yes. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, I missed the BioLandi screening because I was in industry. So when I got out of there, I had to you know ski up to uh, L.A. So by the time I got there, parked and everything, uh, there was already a line going out the door at Anime Jungle. So and then there was like literally like five like five people. One one dude I actually recognized from uh, the panel we did back at Kamikaze, I'm like, hey, I remember you. You asked like twenty questions. <laughs> and uh, he's just like he was just like running. He's like, "Oh, you're here for the same thing?" Because I have my shirt, my Godzilla shirt on. He's like, "Like, yeah, dude." So we run out, and then, bam! There's like a wall of like maybe like 200 people away. And for those who have never been, Anime Jungle is not a large store. It's um, it's a fairly mid-sized store. It's in a uh, a small, kind of a indoor outdoor mall kind of area. So it's in the indoor mall portion of it. So. I I kept thinking like man are we going to they couldn't get everyone in there because they actually have a rather large display of just stuff. They have everything pop culture wise from Japan. So I was quite shocked that they had managed to get a everyone in there and b the stage they had set up for it too so it was, that was really cool. But uh yeah, uh so they essentially went over what they showed you at uh, the press conference. Um excuse me. Uh, first thing first though, uh Mark came out and screened snippets for the documentary he's he's working on that he announced there. So he showed little bits for um of these fan films that he's been acquiring. Um we we'll have him on soon talking about it. it he's got oh, he's got s- gems. I the stuff that I've seen it just it's it's amazing. So he showed a snippet of Atragon 2. He showed a snippet of Gamma 4. He showed us. He showed some scenes from uh, a Dimension fan film. And mind you, they range from. Uh, these are all. These aren't shot in like the last like five years. These are all from like the late 70s to mid 80s. And these are all, A lot of these are fan productions. They're done very well. And then his his uh, his um, his trump card, if you will. He showed some more footage from uh, Godzilla vs. the Wolfman which just had people were like, wait, what? what is this? It looks like a Toho film. And, you know, it, he got a ton of buzz going. So um, the, it was kind of funny because once he, you know, got done, you know, came off, uh, I went over to talk to him, and he was starting to get, like, people were like, dude, what? T- I need to know more. What was that? So as, you know, Kawakita's son and and, and uh, everyone else was up there talking, like, people were just kind of, like, kept coming up and, like, swarming around. I was like, dude, so what, what's up with this Godzilla Wolfman thing? So, it's just kind of funny watching him kind of like, you know, talk it up a little bit. Yeah, as much as he could talk up. So, um, they did show God of Clay, which was, uh, it's, it's a very interesting thing. It's very, it's a kid's film. That's the one thing that um, they kind of didn't let you know. But it does play up very it play a very much as a as a kid's film. It's also a very big anti-war film, too. But it was, it, it's cool. It's just, it, I don't know, the best way to describe, I don't know how to describe it. It's. Literally a piece, uh, literally a little clay statue gains sentiency and grows to gigantic size, takes on like the Japanese military before confronting the dude that made it. That's the best way I could wrap up the, the plot for you. It runs about uh, fifteen minutes, so it's a, it's a cool little short though. I, I believe, for what I was told, it's the only it's only the second time it's ever been shown like in public. So, and this was the first time it's ever been shown in North America too. And then uh, they had the um, the gentleman that represents the uh, little Tokyo community and he brought up stuff that I've only like heard about and read about but um back in 96 when they did that uh Godzilla uh, movie marathon over in uh, little Tokyo to kind of uh, kind of uh, uh, bolster the uh, the attendance of the area because there was a point when little Tokyo was kind of like uh, I wasn't in shambles but it wasn't exactly the most happening place to be. It kind of like how it is today in LA. Um, so they they you know were like, hey, uh, why don't we just you know push Godzilla? Because everyone knows Godzilla, and they wanted to build a um, a massive Godzilla mural that would be part of a show. that would air, I think, every weekend like three nights, like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It would be like a laser show, and they would have like three, two other monsters on two other buildings that would you know. Shoot beams across each other and stuff like that. They showed actual concept art for it, which I'd never seen before. And the, it, if Toho had allowed them to do this, people would be swarming today to come see this thing. It was freaking awesome, but sadly it was not meant to be because Toho was just like, "Yeah, you can't make this permanent. Like, you could do this temporarily, but we, we, this is not. A, we don't want this as an attraction." Mind you, in Japan, there's a massive. Almost life-size Godzilla slide that, that kids can go on. I'll I'll put that in the show notes. But it's literally you climb up his foot and slide down his tail. So they will allow something like that, but you can't do a laser light show in L.A. <laughs> you
1: make it sound like it's the most ridiculous rules that they kind of have against. It's
0: it's 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 maddening the how much uh, how much Toho is protective of their character. But at the same time, just—it's almost like a love-hate relationship they have. They're very protective of Godzilla because that is one of their cash cows. They make a—they—they they still make a lot of money off the merchandising. They didn't—they—the last few of the Millennium films did not really make a ton of money. That's why they stopped doing them. They pretty much just like, okay, we'll go to the 50th anniversary, and then we'll stop from there. and Then we'll wait a few years, let let interest build back up. Sadly, it didn't look like things were coming that way because it looked like anything giant monster-related in Japan was regulated to pretty much Sentai shows and Sentai-themed um, movies. And that seems to be where the, the bread and butter of, of anything you know, uh, Tokusaku is uh, related to now. I mean, there's like f- at least four movies now featuring the latest Sentai team sentai teaming up with like Kamen Rider or... Uh, whatever Metal Hero that they had, there's like a million... They've done like 300 avengers as crossover films now in the last like five years because that's what's bringing in the dough. So, I mean, it's very cool. I mean, it, it's been something they teased for like years. Now that they're finally doing it, that's like the closest you, you're getting to anything like suit special effects-wise. So, I mean... Luckily, legendaries come along, and they wanted to make this movie because that's at least re—you know—kind of putting uh, interest back out there. Far more than Pacific Rim uh, had. So, you know, hopefully things are turning around in Japan. I know we're getting a new Gamera film, but uh, we'll see how that goes. So, but yeah,
1: yeah, you said that with a little with a little scoff snort at the end when you were like, "We'll we'll see how that goes." (laughs) Yeah,
0: I don't know. The last Gamera film. We'll, we'll we'll sit down to talk about it one day. I have very mixed emotions with the last camera film. To t- just um like on uh, effects wise and tone, it's a really cool film, but it completely missed the mark of what the uh, 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 Sasuke Kenko fi- uh, films kind of did. They they kind of wanted their cake of having the kids' Gamera movies and having the the, the the topping that was the more adult 90s films and put those two together they've essentially tried to make a serious version of like a, a 60s or late 60s early 70s gamma film and while the results were pretty cool it just it didn't click the way that the uh, the 90s gamma films did and there's a reason it was just it was way too kiddy at points and I think that's you know the the fandom isn't the, the, the small child fandom is in there because in Japan, I think they're just being bombarded left and right by uh, TV shows that, you know, going out m- much like the what Godzilla suffered in the 70s when Ultraman was really starting to be uh, make it big, that kids would rather stay at home and get their fix that way than go out to a movie and, you know, see something like that.
1: Yes, actually, Godzilla was Japan's number one fictional character until a couple years ago he was uh, defeated by Doraemon, which yeah. is the blue kind of robot cat they, and thing and then it's got they, Yeah, they just announced.
0: Oh, cute. I, yeah, I know. I very cute. Ironically, but... ironically though, he they just announced that the I don't remember. I don't top of my head who's bringing, them, but they're uh, someone's importing Dorymon to the U.S. for the first time. So
1: yeah, there's a there's a Dorymon film.
0: Oh was, yeah, I believe there's that, that, but there's a new show too. I think coming.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Along with uh, uh, Sailor Moon, so yes. you know Japan's nostalgia is coming coming back with storm. Yeah, much like the United States and Voltron and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and My Little Pony, mm-hmm. everything coming. Godzilla is to Toho as has some people feel of BBC feels towards Doctor Who. Yeah, some companies see it as a love and hate. You know, mm-hmm. it's your cash cow, but mm-hmm. people are there, and then when it makes money, it's like cha-ching, yeah. like Fox and all the Star Wars parodies mm-hmm. through fam- Family Guy.
0: Yeah. Well, that, see, that. No. See that's the thing with the fandom. At least Lucas embraced it and allowed the fandom to do what they wanted to. Like, he held a, a – a, a, or Lucasfilm, at least, held a fan film competition every year at Comic-Con. That was, like, the, the big Thursday night thing to do was to go to the Star Wars Film Festival. And, like, they really embraced that stuff. Like, they were all about – mind you, they <laughs> – Lucas never said no to turning anything Star Wars into a product of any sort. I'm pretty sure if they wanted to get away with a Star Wars home pregnancy test, they would have gotten away with it. <clears throat> like you know, yes. if you're pregnant, it's literally the Death Star shows up. If you're not, it's the Death Star exploding. It's, you know, something like that. <laughs> but you know, actually,
1: yeah, because it's droid yeah. by Verizon, the android droids. Yeah, that's a word that's trademarked by Lucas.
0: Yeah, I think there was like a lawsuit over that too, wasn't there?
1: I don't know. There's a lot of things. Yeah. See, but there he's overly (laughs) protective. As long
0: because that was beautiful about Lucas. It's like as long as you go through me, I I don't have a problem with it. You know, it's like they were they were very open about marketing and they're very open about sharing the and having the fans really embrace it. Toho though gets really they they get a stick up their butt about certain things. So I know that G fan ran into issues with Toho you know, when they first started out and then they kinda subsided a bit, there's still certain things they aren't they're not allowed to do. I think the fan stories that people were coming up with had to be nixed for a while because of that. So and then uh some interesting things I learned about the comic books too, which I won't go into here now. That that's for another show. But yeah, Toho's very they're they're very much like Mattel with, with the He Man properties. They uh people want it. And people want it in a way, but Mattel just kind of won't get off their... They're, they're sitting on their hands on it. And they won't give the people really what they want, you know. They say either it goes through us or it, doesn't, or it doesn't happen at all. That's what I'm hoping the legendary film, if it hits big, that, you know, at least legendary will be able to dictate the American market for for a few years at least, you know, at least the next 10 years. Because so you know that's going to be... Right. It, it, at least that's what a trilogy is going to at least, you know, map out to.
1: Right, right. No, I completely get what you mean.
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah, man, where am I? A lot of
1: people that? feel that way with DC too. Yeah. You know, Marvel not as much, mm. but that is a whole nother a whole another podcast discussion.
0: <laughs> Which we just brought up like four different podcast discussions to be discussed <laughs> another day. Uh, so yeah, so the Little Tokyo was awesome. Uh, I have video from the event, so I'm editing it together. Hopefully, I'll have it up by the end of this week. Uh, so just stick to the uh, to the Tumblr site or to the um, I'll probably have it up on uh, both uh, Panzer Crush. I'll probably host it there and then run it on the uh, the Facebook page and the Tumblr page. So uh, just keep an eye out for it. It's uh, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. I unfortunately my battery died right before the the last ten minutes of the presentation. So I'm looking around to see if there's any like end clippings, but if not, you you get the the most. The, the gist of the uh, of the experience. I didn't. I didn't get the fan Q and A though. So it's probably best I didn't though, because there's the, the the sound was a little off on that. So, but I digress. Uh something else happened though. The premiere. Uh, yes, the Godzilla
1: premiere at the Dolby Theater. Mm-hmm. There was also a twenty-two foot tall made out of rubble. Mm-hmm. Well, rubble type. Godzilla that was behind the El Capitan theater. What? So it was a glorious beast for those who have not seen it. Mm-hmm. Google
0: image it. Oh, it's up on the Facebook page. I put it up there. I put up a lot of pictures from the premiere. So, in fact, I'm looking at it right now.
1: Yes. Yes, yes. and it was it was great. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, all the Brian Cranston, you got Ken Watanabe, Max Bornstein, Garrett Edwards, Elizabeth Olsen, uh Aaron Taylor-Johnson and his uh lovely wife Sam Mm -hmm. was there you know it was it seemed like it was a grand time held by all yes so it looked really fun
0: yeah I know I know someone who managed to go he said yeah they had a blast so Legendarily legendarily really knows how to like just at least you know add add, uh, um, showmanship to stuff so they're they're very uh, they're very good about that yes If anything that... No, I understand. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, no. no I was like, no, I understand. Mm -hmm. Toho was... They did a really great red carpet premiere. Mm -hmm. It was really something very different for people. You know, for those that were there. And I knew a couple people who went. Um, I was not able to go because I actually had a family thing Mm -hmm. um, that I had to take care of. But I think it would have been really amazing to have actually been there because at least if I could take pictures, then I would be able to put it up. But... Well, Sadly, maybe second Godzilla film, I will be able to be there. Take okay, Chris.
0: Mm-mm. We will have
1: a we will have a better time.
0: Well, this is uh, uh what was it? Drew McWeeny put it up. This is the second Godzilla movie to premiere at the uh, the Chinese theater. And uh, someone quiz he quiz people. It's like, well, can you tell me what the first one I was? And everyone kept saying it, it was like it's it two thousand. He's like, no, I'm like, uh, it was Final Wars. I was there, dude. It's like, yes, you're the only one to get it right. So, which uh, that. Again, podcast for another day, but i got to talk about that day because that goes down as one of my, my greatest days in history of anything. So, um, but Yeah, no, the uh, the Chinese Theater just got revamped. Uh, they're putting an IMAX into the main hall. And since uh, Dolby's got it... Uh, actually, no, it wasn't Dolby. I'm sorry, it wasn't the Chinese Theater. It was the... Uh, yeah, no, it's right there, the Hollywood Highland Complex. They put it, They actually held it in where they hold the Oscars, from what I was told. So the Oscar Hall had it. So, the, so was it wasn't in the IMAX theater, which is the big... When you walk up to the Chinese theater, you know, the actual Chinese theater is the big hall. And then upstairs, there's there's the other theaters. They actually held it next door where they hold the Oscars. So it's in literally part of the same complex, but just in the grander yes. hall.
1: Yes. And for those who have no idea what we're talking about, you can also Google image it. Yeah. That seems to be my go-to answer for everything. <laughs> just Google because it. Because there has to be... There has to be a picture of something, of someone, of some place mm-hmm. online.
0: Well, I know. So I'm I,
1: suspicious when I can't find something mm. on Google Image. <laughs>
0: it's like it might not exist. It might be an X file.
1: Yes, yeah, but um, no, it was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all, and then the embargo was lifted.
0: Yeah, the reviews. started So coming there was out all too.
1: kinds of reviews that were flooding in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, they ranged. They don't range like Amazing Spider-Man two ranges. No, that was torn in the middle.
0: Yeah, they do. There was um, for the most part, it's getting pretty positive reviews. Uh, There are people. There's like some nitpicks. Uh, The what a lot of people were thinking that the fact that um, that it's a slow build, so there's not a ton of Godzilla in the first, I think, forty-five minutes of the film. And then, you know, even then after that, there's like bits here and there. Until like the third act, and it's like, I guess, just a giant, you know, uh, free-for-all. Um, that's that's at least what I was, what I was told by people who have seen the movie. But they said it works, though, because uh, it builds the tension fairly well. I've been hearing people complain that Aaron Taylor-Johnson's a cardboard cutout character. Which, that's a complaint I hear for every single film that comes out nowadays anyway, so... Um I think people are just so damn jaded with what they see now that it's like you know it's like nothing nothing appeases them but you know other than it's that right. the, the only the only negative reviews i've ever i've seen were were people pretty much just complaining that yeah there's it's a movie about Godzilla there needs to be more Godzilla in it um but from what i've from what I've seen from people who who I trust that have seen it they're like yeah oh dude they're like this movie's awesome so Uh, and these, mind you, these are people who don't really even watch Godzilla movies in general. They just have the, the generalized, you know, um, idea. They've seen like a few and that was it. So they're not like deep into the minutia of it, but they're going on a rave. Like the people I've talked to have been raving about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that it's going to be really awesome. Um, there were (laughs) the book, the art of destruction book, uh, I think hit shelves early so people have been uh, scanning uh, the artwork out of them, and if it's anything like the artwork that's been revealed, what what of Godzilla is going to be on there is going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree with what you mean. If you, again, mm-hmm. Google Image, there's, always, there's already concept art and other things that are already on there. Oh, I could and tell it you. the you kind of you, the world that the director Max Bornstein have put
0: together. Mm-hmm. You could actually go to therealmcast.com where I have put all those sweet, pretty images up. So um, I'll I'll have a link over on uh, on the Facebook page and the show notes um, for this podcast. So, uh, so yeah, so yeah, so the premiere, awesome. Um, The movies, pretty much for the most part, it's getting a very good review, at least good reviews. So. uh, It looks like that and X-Men are going to be, like, the big films of this month that everyone's kind of going to be at least in agreement with. Right, right. And
1: I know they did a lot of interviews. My Mm -hmm. my concern with the film is everything kind of boils down to the writing, Mm -hmm. to the actual script. Mm -hmm. You know, the director can do so much. The actors can do so much. You know, however, there are many interviews with uh, Max Bornstein. He was saying he actually... What I admire about the fact is he saw and rewatched all 28 films. Wow! So he wasn't someone who saw six and mm-hmm. decided to write it, or was like, "Well, of course I'll take a god. I've never seen a Godzilla film, but I'm gonna do it because the paycheck's really big, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm gonna do it because it's gonna be a major theatrical release." He actually went fanboyed out, did all of it. He was quoted in several interviews saying, "You know." There are always going to be purists Mm -hmm. who are going to be like, nope, don't like the movie. And there are reviews out there who actually don't like it Mm -hmm. or it isn't what they expected it. But, you know, when it comes down to the end, this is something that is also a movie where people who may not know much about Godzilla is going to go into watching.
2: Mm -hmm. You don't want to
1: overwhelm them. But he also says when it comes down to it, Godzilla represents a certain, as long as he's, you know, destructive and, you know, fear mongering into people then that is the common foundation. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, like
1: Superman must be about hope. You know. Flash is the conscience of the JLA team. So as long as you have a certain key foundation element there Mm -hmm. there are ways to kind of not tweak the character but make it so it works in that particular film. And in this case it's a modern two thousand fourteen film. So I think in terms of fear and destruction and everything he has pretty much captured that very well. Whether it's detail for detail, what a person wants,
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: different per viewer. Yeah,
0: that's that's all. So, and that, you know,
1: and he knows, mm-hmm. and he knows that he can't make everyone happy. Mm-hmm. So you know, he was like, "I did the best, and I, I know I did." So enjoy the movie. Yeah, I, I um, mean, I, which I'm gonna have to agree with him. Yeah,
0: I know people who hate The Dark Knight; they hate it. They're just like, no, no, The Joker's like too off. It's it's pretty much, it's just heat with Batman, you know. The, I'm just like, you know, it's like, then what, what will appease you? Because it's it's a matter at it's something that Alan Moore said, why he doesn't watch the movies that are based on his work. Because he says, you know, my works live and die in the format I made them on. And I made them for comic books. Now, you could go and translate him if you want but to me that'll never be the official version people can like him that's fine but i'm never going to give him uh, to you know given the time of day well cuz he's a he's a cantankerous old bastard but uh but you know he as he said i always these were always supposed to be just comic books now you know purists are always going to be that way like when watchmen came out they're like well they changed this and changed to me i love watchmen i thought watchmen was one of you know it's it one of the most faithful um, comic book movies out there now to and the thing with that is it divided a lot of people people who hadn't seen who hadn't read the book were like what what is all this I, this isn't like a Marvel film no it's not because if you had read the book you know it's a it's a deconstruction of the superhero genre it's the same way with uh, when when the Marvel films come out and they they take liberties with characters because you can't. Like Captain America, you can't have a dude whose body is made out of a TV monitor with with arms and legs coming out of it. So the next thing, best thing you need to do, you have him as an AI and he's speaking through, you know, a television monitor or, or something of the sort. So, you know, you you have to work with what you got. And that's the problem is people are always going to bitch because it's like, well, it's not the way I saw it in my head. It's like, well, then you go make it yourself. You make you. That's why I always yell at people. It's like when, when they're not satisfied with something. That obviously, the general public has come to it. It's like we agree that this is a good movie, and some somebody comes along and bitches because it's just like no, 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 You're you're all high now. This isn't good. and It's like well, then, a you're just you're complaining for the sake of complaining so that you will stand out. People will look at you and like well, okay. So what do you want then? And if you really do think it's a bad movie, then go on make your own fan film. So you try and do it. You try to do a better job than what was given to the people who who made it. Now you know the '98 film. Go right ahead and complain because that is the uh, that is one of the quintessential uh, textbooks of how not to adapt. You know something else. And as it, it's funny as you say that because when you say uh, Max Bornstein went back and watched all 28 films, there's a very um, there's a very famous interview with Dean Devlin uh, when they were uh, when they were getting ready to premiere the '98 film, and uh, they asked him like, "Did you guys do any research?" And he was talking about how him and Roland Emmerich uh, went to Mexico to uh, write the script. He's like, "Well, we watched the uh, the first couple of films, but then you realize they're all the same, so we just kind of went off and did our own thing." It's like, and that's why that movie failed so terribly. In in just in, in in the general public life I mean, it made money, but obviously it didn't do enough to to garner any sequels. And now here we are, sixteen years later, someone finally said, "Yeah, we could do a better job." And for the most part, it looks like they did a better job.
1: Yes, if nothing else, at least the look. Yes. Of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. He likes to have what I like to call the little chubby tummy.
2: <laughs> but, you know,
1: at least he's got that going on and mm-hmm. not some sort of T-Rex, iguana-looking, emaciated yeah. thing <clears throat> that is somehow having eggs. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a mom. I, that threw me completely off in the theater. I was like, it's a, what? It's an it. What, what, yeah.
0: what is happening? That's one of the many loopholes in that film that were never... They're just like, we need to do something that isn't buildings being toppled over for about 40 minutes in this film. So, let's give them Velociraptors. (laughs) As I said, it's the same thing Cloverfield did. It's the exact same thing Cloverfield did. When when they had to move away from the giant monster, it's like, let's give them a little parasite scene. So.
1: Oh, you in Cloverfield! Oh, shoot, that it is a reoccurring,
0: I hate the it reoccurring so much. hate you, scene. You, you have. know why? Because it built it. It just, it it was like a siren luring me out to the ocean. Little did I know that it was going to turn into a hideous mermaid creature and just lay its claws into me. It promised me such joy and just gave me such horror. <laughs>
1: Oh, my goodness, that's yeah. terrible. No. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, because, like, Max was talking about the twenty eight film mm-hmm. that he rewatched. And as we're recording this now, and for those who probably don't want to fight the crowd, mm-hmm. on a Friday-slash-Thursday night-slash-first opening weekend, there's nothing wrong with it. I have some friends who wait till the weekend after, yeah. you know, to watch it, just because it's less people but it's still fresh enough mm-hmm. and that they can avoid spoilers. You know, you can be able to have a quick rundown of the films that Jessica and Chris feel you should see out of that 28. Mm -hmm. And at least for our reasoning Mm -hmm. of why we feel you should watch those. But um, I don't know if you wanted to go first, Chris, or if you wanted me to go through my list. Um, We said we were going to pick five but I don't know I cheated I
0: spent the rules a little bit. Oh, no, that's so. fine. Well, uh, <laughs> we'll so 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 essentially as you're setting up. Um yes, if you uh, especially if um, you're listening to this and you're a hardcore fan but you have people who who are like interested. Like I got a buddy who's real interested in Godzilla right now. Like he's a Transformers nut but he's just like he got the you got any of the movies? I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "What, you know, could I borrow a couple?" Of them? I'm like, "Yeah, I will pick out what you need to watch to to uh, kind of you know, um, educate yourself a bit before you go into this film. So that's what we felt that this segment of today's show should be, which would be the five films that we both, five films apiece, we both feel that um, if you're not totally into Godzilla or you know someone who who's interested in this film but hasn't, uh, hasn't had the background that you maybe have, these are the films that we feel that they should watch before they go watch this film. So it's kind of like a it's a it's a giant monster 101 if you will. So yes. Jessica, being the gentleman that I am, I will let you go first with your picks.
1: Oh, okay, great.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I picked my films according to I how I feel people would enjoy it mm-hmm. whether as a first-time viewer mm-hmm. Or someone who's only seen one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I always believe in going back to the source material. Mm-hmm. So the original Godzilla or Gojira, 1954, mm-hmm. that should be the first one. Um, I believe even Max Bornstein himself has said that you know he saw all of them, he loved all of them. There's different, you know, there's different likes and takes, but the first one, mm-hmm. of course, will be most people's favorites. Just like Dick Grayson will always be everyone's favorite Robin, <laughs> you know. So. The 1954 Godzilla film, I do believe people should watch. And for those who are still like, oh, I don't know, I'm not that familiar with you know Eastern culture or kaiju films. Uh, my next pick is the 1962 uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, because if we're speaking to a primarily Western audience, mm-hmm. at least you're familiar with with one of the two main characters. Yes you know you know you're Godzilla like for example for those who can obviously tell and I think Chris has mentioned this I am of Asian descent mm-hmm. so we one of our most our Superman or we like say our original hero or legend is the Monkey King mm-hmm. which is Sun Wukong. Kong. most people if I tell a friend it's like you should watch Monkey King movies they would be like mm, I don't know I don't want to want to delve into you know dive into that quite yet mm-hmm. but of some reason you have some sort of Superman-Monkey-King crossover film. They might be more inclined to watch it because they already know Superman. Yes. It's already a character that we are familiar with. Most people know King Kong. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. He kidnaps a beautiful blonde lady. He's on top of a skyscraper. There's airplanes flying around. Regardless of whether you watch the original or you watch the one, with uh Adrian Brody. Brody, I believe, and Naomi Watts, and you know Peter Jackson, and, and all that. So King Kong, Kong vs. Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it was, it was, and it had great music. Oh yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Well, the well, yes, well the and- American one, the American release used um a lot of uh, uh the Universal Library, like the Creature from the Black Lagoon theme, is like in the very beginning of the film, and then it has uh, uh, also has a couple of other. Uh, cues from uh, some other Universal movies too but to me that just added to it I would love King Kong versus Godzilla like in the just uh, the American version, I've seen the Japanese one yeah it's good but just something about the American one just adds a bit of flavor to it that's just like, you got a taco and you put a little hot sauce on it that's, that's what that movie is to me you gotta have that hot sauce in there just to make, give that extra bite
1: right mm-hmm. right no I know mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean. Mm -hmm. Um, And the next two I had picked because when people first were speculating what the other kaiju monster was, Mm -hmm. everyone knows Godzilla, they're like, oh, is that Mothra? Is that Rodan? Um, There's a reason why people kept using those two. I mean, it turned out to be not Mothra or Rodan. It Mm -hmm. is Muto's, but, or Muto. Mm -hmm. However, people should know a little bit more about Mothra and Rodan and why people associate winged creatures that somehow Godzilla fights to those two.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There is, and this is where, if you do Jessica's final count, it's not five films; it's like seven or something. <laughs> there is a 1961 Mothra film, self-titled Mothra. Then, you know, if you're just like, that's not enough Godzilla for me, or I want to see recycled footage, there's Mothra versus Godzilla, the 1964 one. It came out a couple years later. You know, for those who want to see, it, and that also premieres uh, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. So, you know, for those who are like, I don't want to just see an insect Mm -hmm. flying around that looks like a butterfly, a furry butterfly, (laughs) you know, at least you have another, you have another kaiju there. Mm -hmm. But people have to understand who Mothra is. And as we have stated earlier, if you want to, you know, the female population seems to love Mothra. Even my mother knows who Mothra is. Again, she thinks it's a giant butterfly, Mm -hmm. but it is a moth. You know, that is something I think is one of the real classic kaiju that everybody knows. Yeah. And, of course, there's, you know, Rodin, Mm -hmm. uh, which is the 1956, you know, uh, the one that looks like a kind of a pterosaur, Mm -hmm. which is what some people thought Muto was. And, you know, people really, I I think that one also is another good one
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, for people to kind of, And watch because, therefore, people will kind of know, you know, more about why people thought Mutus was that. Because in Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, you also have King Ghidorah, Mothra, and Rodan, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: also. So I think that's also something that's important, along with, you know, Evasion of Astral Monsters has King Ghidorah and Rodan. Like, basically, people, I think, should know why that character exists. Yeah. You know, and so. I am going down the list. There's no particular order, Mm -hmm. so I apologize if people get a little bit confused. Mm -hmm. Um, The other one that I do really like is Destroy All Monsters, Mm -hmm. simply because I am a fan of (laughs) team-ups, crossovers, various geographical locations, Um, but, you know, this plot is really interesting because it's kind of like... A monster land I almost want to call it like a dress park (laughs) but you know all the different you know kaijus have been collected there and known and then later on if you watch the film you know that Godzilla attacks New York Rodan invades Moscow you know monster goes to Beijing Mm -hmm. you know and various characters are there you even get to see London you know, and you get to see all these creatures together in one film. It's your Avengers JLA. It is of kaiju. It, it, it's... it kaiju. I mean, I don't like Manila. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't like anything Baby Godzilla related. Mm-hmm. That that creature is scary to look at, in my point of view. So,
0: do you, but do you, it is. Well, hold on. Do you just hate media or do you do you hate the '90s version of him too?
1: Everything. Everything. I don't like little Godzilla. <laughs> I don't like little Godzilla. Because they're just... Something about them is unnatural. <laughs> it's a, like a vamplet, mm-hmm. a baby vampire. <laughs> Grown vamp, an adult vampire is fine. Mm-hmm. Any vampire that is childlike or younger, 13 years or younger, mm-hmm. something wrong. <laughs> something is just wrong with that concept.
0: Um, so I take it you're not a fan like, of no. Let the Right One In.
1: No. I mean, I like the idea of it because there's a weird love story thing going on there mm. of course it gets creepy because you know the boy will grow up to be a man mm. um however you know they're the same age but there is there's definitely something something creepy i don't mm. jessica does not like um and of course my other pick would be the 1974 godzilla versus mecha godzilla um, it, when I had told you this list earlier, mm-hmm. I remember Chris was like, wait, which one? So I was like, oh, the 1974, you were like, good choice. Like, there was almost like a sigh of relief yes. coming out of you. Um, but I picked that one because somehow humans are fascinated <laughs> with cyborg android versions of ourselves, mm-hmm. whether it be Terminator or you know, some other film where there's some sort of version of yourself. Somehow we are fascinated with currently right now in Japan they've made robots mm-hmm. that look exactly, they're, they're very human-like. Yes. But yet they are, if you get up close, there's something wrong with them. They realize they're just a little bit too stiff, it's that uncan- and it's because they are, they're robotic.
0: Yes, the Uncanny you know? Valley so thing.
1: Yes, it is. It is. And I'm just kind of like, hmm. But Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla I think is also something that is great because you've got Godzilla, Mm -hmm. or so you think it's Godzilla, and then you find out later on it's a, mm mm-mm, it's got got metal. Mm -hmm. And it's just something about that concept is so interesting that I think that people would really enjoy. Also, for those who are newer, when they go into a store and they're just, why do you have two figures of a Godzilla and then a silver-looking Godzilla? Mm -hmm is it just is, did you just spray paint him and call it a special edition a collector's edition no it's actually mecha godzilla so i think that that is another film that i feel like people should watch and you know if people have more time i would say watch anything with a uh, in it because the three-headed monster is is amazing it hails from almost he, greek
0: mythology well, he is, and people love it he is godzilla's joker let's let's be upfront yes. about that
1: yes he is he is, yes, he very much
0: is.
1: Mm-hmm. So people would think it's Mothra or Rodin, but it is not. No. It is King Gura. So, you know, I think that's very, very interesting. And I think if only for those who have a little bit more time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: then, you know, I think you should, people should go and see that. But, you know, I mean, there's so many, there's so many good ones you know cuz even in Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla you got King Caesar oh, which we I talked about in another what was that
0: no oh, that was me <laughs> making like a weird like yeah cuz i'd lo- uh, i'd love 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 that movie that is probably my all-time yeah. favorite film
1: no, no, I couldn't tell if that was like a groan <laughs> no. or like a like. A, I can't believe Jessica brought up no, that, no, that, that. Also, because <laughs> earlier we talked about that toy. Mm-hmm. That toy is currently available in Target.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, for those who wonder, whoa, well, what is that? Yeah. Well, you know, he's in Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla.
0: Yeah, I actually saw him on a in a Target. Um, they 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 stocked up all the Godzilla figures, and there's like a ton of King Caesars, and that's just I'm just like. Half these kids, are almost, I guarantee like 90% of these kids come in and have no idea what the hell this is. They're just like, yes. what is this thing? Why does it look like yeah. the thing that stands out in front of the Chinese restaurant we go to?
1: <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean, but those are my picks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for those who want to do a, we can do a little list recap underneath the description or
0: something. Oh, we will. And I'll have a place because most of these, just about all the ones we list, you can, you can either find on, you can either get them off of, uh, you can buy them fairly cheap off of Amazon. Uh, a good portion of them are actually streaming. Uh, some are on uh, Amazon. I know Crackle.com has, still has all of the um, Sony licensed films up for free stream on their site. I mean, you got to sit through a few commercials, but. You can watch. That. I mean, it's the only place you can actually see the third Mothra film, the 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 '90s one. Like, it's not on DVD mm-hmm. anywhere in America, so that's the only way you can watch it. And that one has King Ghidorah in it too, so that'd be a reason to watch it. Probably the best Mothra film too. So.
1: Yes, and I apologize for those who are very detailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris and I, we pronounce words differently. Most likely, he's right. So. oh <laughs> well, no, I
0: I know for a fact I'm using certain like I'm using like outdated like slang for the monsters and stuff like that. I still call Invasion of the Astral Monsters Godzilla vs. Monster Zero, so
1: which Yes, yes, but those are all like American words. Like Yeah. Like, like Ghidorah I call it Ghidorah, I don't know. I know I know I'm most likely wrong. I go off you
0: know, I, like I, aluminium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I go off pretty much what was ingrained in my head as a child when I was watching the dubs. So um that's how that's that's how we that's how I was raised on it and damn it that's how I like it. <laughs> Well, speaking of Invasion of the Astral Monsters, uh, let me delve into my list real quick. So that way, you know, you don't have to listen to my nasally drone for too long. Uh, So I'm going to go down from five to one. And uh, these are my choices of uh, the films. I feel that everyone, these are the quintessential films. If you're going to go out and watch this film and you're not up on your Godzilla, these are the films you need to go watch. So Invasion of the Astral Monsters is number five. Uh, pretty much, I think within the fandom, this is considered one of the top films. Uh, it is the only film to actually feature an American actor as part of the main cast that wasn't filmed like filmed later and, and edited in. This is the one with uh, Nick Adams, and uh, yeah, <laughs> he does a, he does an incredible job in this. I just recently watched this, and I just he's. Just a, a gem in this film. This whole film, in general, is awesome on so many levels. But Nick Adams adds a, an an air of uh, like that Western cowboy to it. Like he's just so there's so many like nonchalant scenes. And I, I I've seen the Japanese cut, so when he's speaking English, the guy the guy next to him is speaking Japanese, and it, the, being the the actor he is he's just like, all right, cool, I'm just go on, just keep, I'm just gonna keep talking. I can only imagine it's like the Leone films when you watch those in their original language and Eastwood speaking in, in English and you have half the other cast speaking in Italian and Eastwood's just like going along with it. But Invasion of Astral Monsters, yes, it's the the sequel to uh, uh, Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster, but this is the, this will be a film that you can ease people into because it's, just, it's the classic Godzilla scenario. It has everything you want. It's got aliens... It's got, it's got a three-way monster fight. It's got plenty of city destruction, and the plot's actually pretty good too. And the the alien invasion plot's not really uh, hand fisted. It's there, there's there's some uh, there's some thinking behind it. So it, it's it's one of the and the effects too. I think are top notch for for the time period too. I I, I there's there's a lot of t- uh, times when uh, I'm watching like the other films. I think Moth uh, Mothra versus Godzilla and this one Invasion of Astral Monsters are the peak of uh, the Tsuburaya FX. So, check that one out. Uh, my number four, I mention this, A, because it's my favorite of the 2000s films, but also because the legendary plot is seems so close to it. It's Godzilla vs. Megaguirus, in which Godzilla fights a giant swarm of dragonfly creatures who come from another dimension and uh, proceed to suck the energy out of them. The only difference, I think, between this film and the legendary film, it does not feature a subplot featuring a gun to fire a black hole at Godzilla. The film is nuts on many ways. It's almost like a live-action anime uh, in that sense. Um... It, it's it, it's it was at least Toho like going out of their their safety you know zone. It's just like okay how nutty can we get and they get pretty nutty and it's 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 pretty cool. I, I it's one of the few of the Millennium films I go back and watch regularly. So I would definitely check that out. Number three is uh, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla the seventy four one. As I mentioned, this is one of my all time favorite films. I think it's like I, I would if I would rank it, it's in my top five of films of all time that I that I completely love. Um, not only that, but this is just hands down my favorite Godzilla film of all. It's just there's a fun energy to it. Um, it has one of the best fight scenes I, I consider between Mechagodzilla and Anguila's in it. I love the music in it. That just the the Mechagodzilla owning Anguila's on many levels. Uh, the King Caesar the fight would be with the three the the two on one fight between Mechagodzilla and King Caesar is amongst my favorite too. There's like I said. There's just an energy to this film that I don't think any of the other films really recaptured. Um I know Ryo Kitamura cited it when he um when he was uh, citing his inspiration for Final Wars. And I know a lot of people don't like Final Wars, but I Final Wars kind of comes the closest to the tone that the 74 MechaGodzilla movie gets to. It's just a fun film and it pretty much kind of fills in like all the The tropes that people kind of have a general idea of Godzilla, especially during the '70s, but it is truly, I think, one of the just the finest films out there for just, in my opinion. Uh, Number two, of course, is the original. I mean, you can watch either one. I I I hold that um, that the American version of it with Raymond Burr isn't as bad as people make it out to be because they, even though they did tone it down, they did trim it. There's a lot. There's stuff taken out. They kept most at least 80% of the original story. All it really was done was it was it was told from another perspective. And it that it I mean to me in in 1956 the way they were doing that just it still astonishes me to this day that that A they pulled that off and B they even went that route. I mean they could have completely reshot the entire film but they just they gave it a um, just a the perspective from an American and that's all it was and they there was they actually leave a lot of the Japanese dialogue in there. It's not—it's not subtitled, so you have no idea what, what's going on. But it's—you're hearing from Raymond Burr's perspective, and you got his—you know—his Japanese translator kind of giving you the the gist of what they're saying, which you know still is is astonishing. So, uh, but or you can always just go watch the original. You know, pick and choose. Uh, a lot of people will say watch, watch the original if you want to get the real somber tone. <coughs> excuse me, of the original do watch the Japanese one, but still watch the Burr one. I still feel that it is... um, It's a great film in itself, so... And for number one, honestly, I think this is the the movie that you could show... (coughs) Oh, excuse me. Throw thought was getting a little dry. This is the Godzilla movie you could show anybody. And, you know, it's like, just sit down and watch this Godzilla movie. And it's Godzilla, or King Eater, Giant Monsters, All Out of Attack. I think this is the... The Godzilla film, if you want to get people hooked on Godzilla, this is the Godzilla film you show people. Uh, a, it has probably the most serious tone of of at, at least the Millennium series. Um, Godzilla's the bad guy in it, which is a first in like, I think since um, 1985. And not only that, but... It, you have Mothra, King Eater, and Baragon teaming up to fight Godzilla, which is just a weird hodgepodge of characters in the first place, but all the effects are done extremely well. The story is very tight. It's done by uh, uh, Shizuke Kanenko, the guy who did the Gamera trilogy in the 90s. But it's just a, an extremely well-made movie. And the, the sad thing is, none of the other Millennium films really lived up to the production of this film. Um, I know that, you know, the Toho took a gamble with, uh, with, with going with the, the the tone route that they did, but it's to this day people still hold it as the high note just in the general lexicon of Godzilla films. I think it's up there with most people who feel it's like yeah, this is one of the best, if not possibly the best outside of the original film. So, but it's a film you can honestly show anybody that just has a slight idea of Godzilla, and they'll sit there and he's like, all right, cool, we get it, we and because it's not mired down in continuity. They pretty much give you like an explanation for the 54 film, and then they run from there. And Godzilla's really badass in it. He's huge. He's very crocodilian. They did away with a lot of the spiky look of the last two films from uh, 2000 and uh, Megaguirus. He kind of, as I said in the last podcast, the the new design for the um, legendary film just pretty much looks like an Americanized version of this suit. And except uh, this Godzilla just has the white eyes. He's just there's no pupils, which just has him it just got this really cool badass look. So, uh Godzilla Mother King Eater Time Monster's All Attack. That's the one film I feel that even if you're not if you're going to say, you know, shove off on those other films, that film at least sit down and watch before you go watch the Millennium one. That will hype you up for the for the legendary film. And I'm spent. Yeah, no,
1: I agree with you. You've got really you've got really detailed
0: reasoning mm-hmm. into your choices. <laughs> Cuz I'm ADD that way. <laughs> I'm also very obsessive compulsive yeah. that way too. Well,
1: it's good because mm. it's things that you are definitely very passionate with.
0: Yeah, you don't. You don't. As, as, as I told my buddy, as my coworker, he's like, "Man, you like those Godzilla movies?" I'm like, "Man, I could school you on Godzilla, like you could school me on on basketball, because he's a big Lakers fan." So he's like, "Yeah," I'm like, "Dude, I have no idea what you're talking about." So I bring this stuff up. He's just like, "Dude, I have no idea what you're talking about." I'm like, so now you know exactly. What I'm hearing when you're talking to me about the Lakers, so. <laughs> so, uh that those are our picks. Uh, pick and choose, if you will. You can always write us on, uh, on the Facebook page. Say, hey, uh, you could, just, if you disagree, or agree or not. You know, just, just send us a love letter. And if, if you do manage to, f- to you know, actually sit down and watch, just, you know, let us know. Let us, and if you actually turn people on with them, we'd like to hear what the reactions were. So, uh, do let us know about that. Uh, one bit of business before we wrap up for today's show. Actually, two bits of business. Uh, first things first. Riff tracks the good folks who sp- excuse me, spawned out of Mystery Science Theater, they have launched a Kickstarter. Excuse me, because they want to do a Riff uh live event, uh, like they did with Starship Troopers a couple of months ago, for the 98 Godzilla. Which is just ripe for spoofing. Uh, they have just started. I believe it goes till yeah. It's um, the show set for August 14th. That's when they want to do it. Uh, they just started the Kickstarter now. I'll put the link in the um, in the show notes if you want to uh, um, if, if you want to donate. They've already raised twenty thousand dollars of the hundred thousand dollars they need to do it. It's just licensing and you know the. Just the I think the the, the um, company that they use for um, the simultaneous broadcast too. Um, but if you want to see them riff on the um, <coughs> the Emmerich film, this is the way to do it. So you can hear Tom Servo Crow and uh, Mike Nelson just uh, you know have their jollies at the uh, at the Emmerich film. If you want to do that, uh, and another bit of business, <coughs> uh, the last episode uh, we initiated a contest. Part of the problem was it was our first contest we ever did and we kind of went in flying blind. Uh, I have sat down and talked to a few other people and I have been given an option for a much fairer contest because I believe last time we kind of gave the deeds that we weren't allowing people who really liked the Facebook page to join in. That was very unfair. Um, so I have found a much fairer way so that everyone can can, uh, uh, can enter And everyone has the same chance of winning. So, that will go up this Friday on PanzerCrush.com. So, you can go there, I believe, starting... I'll I'll probably launch around 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It'll go for a few days. So, and the way it'll work, you can click into... It'll be a thing you can click, and you can click... You can enter as many times as you want. And uh, uh, the contest will end on a few days after that, and the winner will be chosen from that. And we'll uh, announce the winner on the Facebook page uh, and the... uh, the Tumblr site as well. Uh, we are giving away uh, Godzilla um, Rulers of Earth number eight, signed by Chris Mowry. Uh He signed it specifically for this podcast, so you can thank him on Twitter. And yeah, so that way, this way, it's all fair, all savvy, and you can, you know, you can uh, enter to your heart's content. <coughs> so I think that will wrap it up for this show, uh, Jessica. Yes. Where can they find more of our work?
1: Well, for all of our work, Mm -hmm. we are at Mm twitter.com slash the Kaiju Kingdom. Mm -hmm. We also have the Kaiju Kingdom podcast dot tumblr dot com. We are also on Facebook as the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. And also you can email us at the Kaiju Kingdom podcast at gmail dot com. So the only thing that's different is our Twitter handle, because there's a limited number of character for your username and podcasts cannot be added onto that because there was, there's too many characters, yeah. but everything else is named exactly after, you know, what we've, the title of our wonderful get togethers Chris and I have to rant and rave about news about our different kaijus. Um And hopefully there'll be more of me yelling about Baba in the future <laughs> and uh, you can actually find me as Jessica and then all one word, the comic book girl on Facebook. Um, I would love if somebody, I mean, you know, if before you friend me or after you friend me, uh, Facebook inbox me and let me know that, you know, you heard me from here and you wanted to Facebook friend me because I meet so many people in like a month and I feel bad, like, did, did I meet you in person? Did we bump into a Starbucks? Did I, am I the one that helped you with your car? I, I don't know. So I want to make sure I remember you and, you know, I accept your, and that I accept your Facebook friend requests, and for those who sent me a message and it went to my other folder I have learned my lesson I will be checking my Facebook other folder a lot more and I'm not ignoring you I will find you and I will friend you so I apologize for those that was like we waited a month you didn't accept it but we followed what you said Um, I apologize I'm so sorry about that Um, so I will be doing better as I've also been checking my spam folder In the personal email account, I have come to notice there's many people I would have loved to connect, and sadly, weeks have passed. But you know, it's never too late. But yep, that was my little side rant
0: about those
1: in the other folder.
0: Just be patient, people. She'll get around to you. She's very busy.
1: Yes. Uh, No, I'm trying to. I'm trying not to skip things. So my eyes read faster than my brain processes. So. I might even miss an email from my mom or something.
0: <laughs> and where can we yeah. find more of your work?
1: Um, Thecomicbookgirl.com dot and girlongeek.com dot are two wonderful sites that also has all of my other Facebook social media, you know, things that I am I am on. You, I am the hopefully a less annoying version of Justin Bieber, <laughs> but for pop culture reasons. And I have been trying to write and. Definitely more consistently after this, is uh, I've been writing on Realmcast, the Realmcast, on various points of view, opinion pieces, and rantings um, of all things related to pop culture. Um, And yeah, I think, I don't know, the last one, I don't know if you even saw it, Chris, it was the one about Amazing Spider-Man 2.
0: I did see it. In fact, we garnered a lot of traffic off that piece, so...
1: Yeah, 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 I'm hoping. I'm, I look forward to reading comments. Uh, Chris can say for those who are like, Jessica, why can't we comment on you? Yeah. Chris has great reasoning yeah, for
0: that. Yeah, okay, so um, you, realmcast.com, the site I, I co-run, uh, where you can find more of my work, and other podcasts, including the Take-Two podcast, that's a weekly podcast I run with the editor, the co-editor of the site, George Cadero. <clears throat> uh, we, don't, we had an issue with comments opening. We were being spammed to death by them and the fact they were crippling our site. So as a precaution to make sure that our site, because we're not a massive site, we're, we're we're a decent site right now. We're, we're still working on building up to, to bigger. We've actually moved it to a bigger server. The problem is though there's a lot of spam out there and when Google sweeps our site and they see all that spam on there, they tag us as a possible malicious site. So we had to close comments for the time being. You though can always, we always Facebook every article that we put up. So if you want to leave comments, do check out our Facebook, TheRealmCast.com. Uh, Realmcast on Facebook.com. You can, and you can always comment away uh, under the uh, article there. Just All you have to do is scroll for it. We, we, we updated like three or four times. You can always find it there. So if you really want to uh, get into discussion, Facebook's the best way. We always put extra goodies up there that we don't put on the main site either. And that's uh, T-H-E-R-E-A-L-M-C-A-S-T dot com. And we have several other podcasts are on there if if you like what if you like my nasally tone you can listen to me on uh, uh, take two which is our weekly news recap um, we run two other uh, podcasts uh, one concerning arrow if you like the TV show arrow it's the rundown arrow we also have one for The Walking Dead called the rundown Walking Dead and we also have a comic book podcast called comics Unchained run by Sergio Sanchez and with uh, crack Indiana as he likes to go by so that's all things uh, comic booky So if you want to go, if you like what you hear here, you know, head on over there. Give us a little love over there. We would always appreciate it. And you can always find uh, this podcast on PanzerCrush.com. That is going to be the home for it. I'm re um, aligning PanzerCrush to be the uh, Kaiju Kingdom podcast dedication site. Uh, There might be a couple other podcasts and some other stuff, but you're going to mostly see a lot of stuff that's on the Tumblr and some other, like, larger pieces I'll probably be writing for there and hopefully Jasco too. And anybody else that actually wants to contribute, uh, I'll gladly put you up on there. So, uh, And we are actually in the process. I know I've been saying it, but iTunes is going up pretty soon. Um, we're working on artwork, because you need artwork for, for iTunes, and I'm not an artist. I come from a family of artists, but I can't draw with a crap myself. So uh, we're, I've got something being put together. So iTunes should be up within the next week or so. I just got confirmation today about... Um, Putting them up there, so uh, that's coming very soon. I know I keep saying hold, hold your horses, but it's really coming this time. So just please hold on for a little bit more, and we will have it up there. All right, and I believe that is it. As for the next show, the next show obviously is going to be the review show for the film. Um, stay tuned to the Facebook page. I might be having, I might have the show as a call-in show. It's a, it's a matter of. Uh, it's going to be a matter of, of, of technology settings uh, for uh, for that. Um, if we do go that way, I will let everyone know. I'll give you a Skype number to uh, call into. And if you want to sound off on the show, um, if that falls through, I'll let you know ahead of time. And uh, But, yeah, um, either way, we would love to hear your reactions for the film on the Facebook page starting this weekend. Go ahead and just leave. Uh, I'll I'll start a thread. Just leave whatever you want on there, and you know go to your heart's content. Um, and then like I said, I'll let you know when we get when we uh, sit down to record uh, the next episode if we are going to do Collins or not. So we're we're trying. We got we have a lot of extra other cool surprises coming up in the next couple of weeks. So do stay tuned. All righty then. All right. Well, that will do it for us for this episode. So for myself and.
1: Jessica, thank you so much for listening you guys
0: Enjoy the film and we will see you next time